Canuck Central in the Kintec studio. Dan Richo, Satyar Shah. Uh, tomorrow we'll get you ready for the Canucks and Seattle Kraken from Rogers Arena. We'll have a full pregame show for you at 6, pregame on Sportsnet Pacific at 6.30, and then a uh, special Canucks Central version of the intermission panel alongside Dan Murphy with uh, the regular sat and me uh, pinch hitting, I guess, for iMac. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's the Canucks Central on the panel. So you'll have a uh, shorter partner on the uh, on the panel tomorrow. Yeah, for, for once, I'm not the shortest guy on the panel. <laughs> That's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because because uh, Murph's like six one, yeah, um, and I'm max like six six, yeah. So like, I'm not short, but I'm just you know I'm not that tall. Uh, <laughs> I'm just not you know I'm not six one. <laughs> everybody's tall compared to me, so <laughs> it's uh, not welcome to my world, Sat. Uh, Dan Richo and Satyar <laughs> Shaw. Let's uh, let's bring in our next guest. He joins us every single Monday here on Canucks Central. It is Don Taylor. What's happening, Donnie? You enjoying cherry blossom season yet? Uh, sure. Are they out yet? I, I, I'm just wondering. Like we're talking cherry blossoms and the heights of media <laughs> members. Is that so? That's how bad the Canucks season has been. Well, I was just saying to Sat because like, we're we're both going to be on the panel tomorrow with Murph, and I was just saying, well, you get a shorter partner tomorrow rather than IMAC. So, <laughs> but everybody's yeah. shorter than IMAC. I mean, the guy is just like. He's long. Yeah. He's got some length for days. Yeah, he really does. I'm trying to think who the all. I guess the tallest media member ever was John McEachie. Oh, I had to be corrected. Bill Good was a big guy too. Yeah, he was a big guy. Yeah, McEachie's like yes, he's like IMAC. He's like six 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 seven probably, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, and then he used to come out and play Wednesday night hockey yeah. at Britannia Arena with the Swan Skates. He was like six eight six nine, <laughs> big yeah. guy. Well, McClutchy's big too, but he's not. He's not six four. He's like six three. I'd say like six yeah, four. I he's think like six, six. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd go McKeechee over him. But Mur- Murph's yeah. up there. Murph's a Murph's a Murph's a tall glass of water too. You know. <laughs> I don't imagine know just me coming from the little uh, Italian community of Woodbridge, Ontario, and it's just like everybody's five six there. And now I'm uh, here in Vancouver. I got all these giants around me. It's unbelievable. It's intimidating a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Dollywall's not that yeah. that, that tall, so that, yeah, we're doing okay there. I feel like Connor Garland around everybody. It's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways. Uh, so this Canucks season, uh, the E is finally next to to their name in in the standings. There, Donnie officially eliminated last night, uh, thanks to Winnipeg's win. They also lost to the L.A. Kings. I mean, it's um, it's a, it's an all too familiar story with this team, and I guess you know. I, I don't know who's truly buying the late season push with a new coach this time around after, uh, you know, it was so fresh with Boudreaux last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Late season push. We'll see what happens. The re- the remaining six games, but God, this, the stat that I just can't get out of my head, man, we all, we all mock the Leafs for mm-hmm. no playoff series victories since Oh four. But this stat where the Canucks haven't, and I know the bubble was there, but that was such a strange situation, and maybe they don't make it if it's a normal season. We all know that story. But, like, no home games in the playoffs since 2015. And when I say home games, I mean at Rogers Arena. I mean, that's a long time. I mean, you know, 2015, if my math's not, uh, if, I'm, if my math is correct, that's 
That's eight years without one home game or one game at Rogers Arena in the playoffs. That's a long stretch. That's really, really, really sad. And I realize that Tockett and Rutherford and Alvin can't be blamed for all of that. Just, just most of it. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> they, they can't be blamed for all of it. But it's just, it's kind of sad. Well, it, it has been sad, right? I mean, I think even though the, the bubble playoffs, considering the pandemic and the joy we all had to cover a playoff run, I think you know we were all happy to do so when it was very, very, very exciting. And I think what it did more than anything was was create this sense of hope, and that was you know snuffed away really quickly that following season. And then, I mean, before that season began, Donnie, I mean, you know, I don't want to do too much revisionist history, but you know that downhill spell all started happening when they decided not to bring back you know at least to Foley out of those guys right it's like hey Tanev and Markstrom at least you know you had a you had a plan but it just seemed like that's when whatever momentum they had to build towards you know maybe being a playoff team was kind of snuffed out yeah and you could see Markstrom you know we could excuse him on that yeah. one because they had Demko yeah. and we all know how Demko did especially you know like how well he did against Vegas in the bubble it was outstanding so you understood that one but uh, I just think with Tanev you I can't say you kind of you, you lost two guys, but you you lose Tanev, who is Tanev, and say what you want about his durability, he, he still he was just so effective, and you know he was Quinn Hughes' partner, and there, there's your you know franchise defenseman who would love the guy, and uh, you know they've been trying to find a partner for him ever since. Now, having said that, he's done just fine, but just to mess around with that was was pretty surprising. It was pretty uh, pretty sad. I'm going to go back to, uh, if you guys don't mind, it has been since 2015. This is how long it's been. It, it, it's been it, it's so long. The memories of Sat working his magic at whatever bar we were hanging around in <laughs> Calgary. Those were a couple of nights. That, it, it's starting to fade. Like that's how long it's been. You remember oh, that set? Oh, you we know? had some spirited discussions about the Canucks. You know, I mean, they were losing to the Calgary Flames. I mean, it was you, you were there, I was there, and and Moj. I mean, we had we had some really spirited discussions at what, what was it, Moxie's? I think, <laughs> or Joey's? You know, yeah, I think it was Joey. It, it, it Joey's, was, you know, yeah. the hotel area there. Yes, and, yes, and, and you know, which which I don't think they call it. It's actually got a name. I stand to be corrected on that one. I don't think it was the hotel area. Do you remember being in there, and then Goudreau and the Flames were all in there one Sh- night with us? Shaw Monahan yeah. was sitting at the table next to us, and they were laughing because we were talking about how the Canucks are, are blowing it against his Flames team. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. The memories are fa- fading. It's been, it's been a long, long time. That's when the business was great. They used to send us places. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no, no wonder, no wonder, ten forty went out of business. <laughs> um, you, you know, it's it is funny though. Like we, uh, I think we are like long for the days of just being able to, you know, have a real debate about you know deployment in a big game or who should be getting more ice time or why did they do this and those types of things or you know breaking down a big play in a big playoff game. But all we've had for the last 10 years because of this, Donnie, is like rebuild versus retool constantly over and over again, rinse and repeat. Yeah, and it's getting a little a, a little sad. And that's why I was, I, you know, I'm on the rebuild wagon. You, you guys know that just because, yeah, I just want to see something uh, different, but it's tough to do when you've got great players like Hughes, Pedersen, and, and, and Miller. And yeah, it's getting a little old, you know, rebuild, retool. How about when? How about get into yeah. the playoffs and just with whatever makeup or however you get there, whatever makeup or roster you've got, 
just get there. People are getting tired of it. I really found that on Friday, because it just seemed inevitable that, you know, this was it when Winnipeg had won and things were done. And that, that, that's the feel from that game just felt just awful. It was just dead. And they, they don't need more of that. Although they probably will have six more games uh, of that this season, but that was really bad. It was just a, just a bad, bad feel. I know LA is a pretty good team. I get that. Canucks had the lead. Great. Uh, you know, you had Hiroshi making his debut, but that's just the field was just, just awful. It was just, I, I, I felt bad for, for, for Canuck fans. And it almost seems like the team is kind of hitting that realization that the season is pretty much over. You have the coach and JT, you know, calling out the softness. It almost seems like everybody sees the finish line now, right? And th- there's really nothing else to play for that's meaningful. Like even they, they got to look at the new guys, right? You know, they started establishing some of their systems and standards and, you know, they got something guys going. Now everybody kind of knows where everybody stands. They know the off season is what's important. They all know the next year is what's important. And it's kind of like, let's just get on with these final six games. That's kind of the vibe I get when I just watch the team as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I think Tockett's done a good job of letting people know that, you know, he, he keeps mentioning the summer to the yeah. point where he's making fun of himself now. Yeah. Like he's he, he's yeah. saying, look, I, I realize you guys are tired of me saying this, but I'm going to keep doing it because I think it's really, really important. And I would think, I would think it starts now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like this, this is a, a time of adversity. The games mean nothing. Show me, show me something. Show me, show me your character. Show me what you're uh, worth, and hopefully that 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 feeling, that that dedication, uh, carries into the summer. And they have a you know a good training camp because Jim Rutherford said this year's training camp was was no good. Uh, you know, good training camp to get off to a better start than they did this season. But you know, uh, I, I would think this is it. This is where it starts right now. Talk it wants to see something now and. Uh, hopefully something in what should be a really, really interesting summer. I'm I'm interested to find out how they're going to keep tabs on everybody because it seems like that's a real real pri- priority for, for talking. And hopefully for Canuck fans, it makes a difference. Uh, yeah, big summer, big summer for everybody uh, with the, with the Vancouver Canucks. Do you, uh, do you see a path to the playoffs next year for this team, Donnie? Well, you have to think somebody's got, well, <laughs> you don't have to think it, you know it. Somebody's got to drop. Yeah. Um, and you know, you would, you know, Calgary with the, where they, how they're constructed, are, are they going to, you know, not make, I'm, I was going to say again, but they still have a chance to make the playoffs course in a, in a big game Wednesday. Are, are they going to stay where they are? You, you, you would think they're going to rise. Which team is going to drop? I mean, the obvious answer would be Seattle, but you know, they still have, they have Shane Wright and some other prospects coming. Um, you know, their, their goaltending is so interesting because, you know, they're, save percentage is hovering uh, below or at 900 and yet they're, you know, looks like they're going to be in the playoffs, but you know, who's going to drop. I don't, I, I don't think Vegas is going to drop. Minnesota looks really, really good. There's a lot of D it's not like the East, but a lot of really solid teams. So who drops like maybe Seattle, but does Calgary move up? What happens with Winnipeg? You know, who are the real Winnipeg jets? We don't even know this year. So I just I'm trying to think who would drop it. It's it's tough. There's so much parity in the league. Usually somebody does though. I mean, who would have thought Calgary would end up or not end up, but be in the position they are right now, like nobody. But I just I have a hard time seeing a path unless uh, some you know just they first and foremost get off to a better start on, on next year. Well, and and I mean. 
the better start thing, we'll see when it comes to the guys who've been on this roster, right? I mean, well, Demko you know, too, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. But I, I wonder, you know, how many big additions can you make? But one of the things that I always does happen is you're right. Some team unexpectedly kind of falls off, but at the same mm. time, you can't be leaving it in the hands of oh, there will be a spot that opens up. I think. It has to be more than we're just adding some guys around the edges, like where we add one more defense when we add a third line center. It's like, can you still make something sizable happen here where you're making, you're adding another difference maker? Because I think it's very clear. They still are lacking one big difference making forward, whether you get that in a draft, if you get lucky with Bedard or whatever, but it's clear they need that guy next to Miller. Sure, you need a third line center, and as much as you need a good guy who can kill penalties on, on the left side, you still need another righty defenseman who's a high caliber guy. Can they find one difference maker? And I'm talking about a big-time player. And I think that's what can really swing the offseason if they're able to do that. Yeah, I mean, when's the last time they, they, they were, I, well, I guess J.T. Miller, you yeah. know? Like, when, when's the last time they really nailed something, you know, like yeah. in, in the offseason? And that was, you know, that was, uh, that was a trade. That wasn't a, a free agent situation. So, um, again, though, that was a different regime. Let's see what these guys uh, these guys can do. And, I think Mikheyev was, was, was pretty good. That was a free agent acquisition. That was pretty good uh, last year, but they just need, uh, I just, you just get the feeling they need something dramatic. Now, is that heroic? Um, we don't really, we don't really know that was, that was pretty dramatic, but we'll, we'll see. But yeah, they're missing a piece or two. No, no, no doubt about it. But you know, Demko as I, you know, interrupted you there, Sap, but uh, you know, Demko being healthy, from the start, getting off to a good start may, makes a huge uh, difference. And I know that sounds like, you know, the recipe for success for Bruce Boudreau. And how did that work out? Not, not so great, but certainly not a bad place to start if you, if you want to improve your standing. So JT Miller's played uh, really, really well lately. We know the, the story of uh, the trade that maybe did not happen ahead of the deadline. Um, do you still see his future in Vancouver? Yeah, I do. You know, in a, in a really strange way, despite you know his infamous body language and just the way he just, just seems to be kind of a growly character. Everything I hear and 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 Sat and Dan, you probably hear more than I I do, but it it it, it seems like he really likes it here, um, and 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 it seems like his family does too. That that you know, according to the people who give him free golf in, in the summer. <laughs> But um, <laughs> but it seems like he really likes it. And the other thing with him is I I just get the feeling that there's a connection between him and Tockett that might have a whole lot to do, other than the fact that you know you don't people don't fight as much as they used to in the NHL. Uh, there there seems to be a connection uh, with them in the way Tockett played and the way Miller pay, plays. It's it was it's quite similar. There's a lot of edge, a lot of thickness to their game. I think Miller, um, who's you know in the past had conditioning issues, he it, it seems like he's worked on that in the latter half of the season. I bet he, I bet she has a really good summer and comes out comes out flying. And I I can see I can see him having a, you know getting back to around where he was last. I mean this season has been okay. It turned out pretty solid, not like last season points wise. So I can see him coming back you know strong. Now, having said that, I just jinxed him and he'll be traded right after the season. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I could, I could see that. Just there, there just seems to be a connection between him and Tockett. 
I'm I'm there with you too, and I think that's something that you know you're right. I mean, I've heard similar things in terms of JT just likes it in Vancouver, and he himself has said how much he likes playing here because he plays such a big role. He has a big part. He always wanted to have this type of role, and if you go to a different team, you may not have this role, right? Playing in every yep. situation, you know, being the leader, being the big dog. It, you know, that's something that that obviously appeals to him. And I think the bigger question is just management, right, yep. Donnie? Like, do they do they make that decision by the deadline I, I'm, I mean sorry by by the draft because that's when you right. have one more window I'm skeptical like as much as we hear about it I'm still skeptical who gets moved but I, I don't think you're right I think the biggest question all along has been do the Canucks truly want to keep him because he's shown every indication he wants to be here be part of the solution he's doing everything he can leadership wise under talk it as well so it's very much the balls in Vancouver's court here yeah and uh, um I totally agree with you, Sat. And let me, let me just expand too on what, what I said about him liking it here. Um, no names mentioned, but I had an American player b- back in the day t- tell me that, um, not necessarily with the Canucks, but t- tell me that one of the things with American players playing in Canada is that their favorite sport. Let's say you're from Pittsburgh, like like uh, that may be a bad example because the Penguins are pretty. Uh, pretty popular but if you're from an american city where hockey is number three four maybe even five when you take into consideration college sports where it's you know number four or five in the market in terms of popularity and that that's okay and you're still you're still doing well and you you or, or you even grew up with that so you go to canada and it's like rock and roll you are a rock star and it it a lot according to this person a lot of the american players love that because all of a sudden you are you are playing the sport in a Canadian city and every and and it's it's you're on the hot seat and guys like that some of them really like it not everybody shies away from it so a lot you know according to this person a lot of the players that are American love love playing in Canada Austin Matthews might be an example because you are it and they don't get that in their in their hometowns. Uh, Donnie, we appreciate the time as always. We'll talk again next week. Uh, lots of fun, lots of fun, guys. Good memories from uh, the, whatever it was called there <laughs> in Calgary. Zach. What was it, the Joey's? Mem- yeah. Yeah, Joey's. I think it was Joey's. Memories are fading. The Canucks need to make the playoffs, and we we, we can make new ones. Hey, Donnie. That's right. That's right. I'll see you there. <laughs> Sounds good, Donnie. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, guys. Man, I'm gonna have to get some of these stories, Seth. Yeah, it was funny. It was actually, you know, so uh, and so. The backdrop of all this was the Calgary Flames were the young, plucky team that just made the playoffs, right? And yeah. you know they're they're, they're playing under um, Bob Hartley, and you know they played lock Sam it Bennett, yeah, exactly. Right, lock it down defense, but they hit you with the stretch pass, and they scored a lot of goals doing that with Goudreau speed. Monahan had a good year, but Vancouver was the better team. They should have won that series. Willie Desjardins got highly outcoached, and you know, so we were there for the first game. We were there for the uh, for games three and four in Calgary, and we took a caravan up there, myself and Moj and and Finn so like we were on like a you know a, a full day trip to get to Calgary with a caravan so it was a long trip to get there had a lot of fun though but those two games in Calgary the Canucks really blew it go down 3-1 in the series and we were at the Joey's after I think it was game four and we you know we talking about Willie Desjardins you know um 
roster decisions, his deployment, what the hell was going on. And it, got, it was a spirited debate because, you know, myself and, and all the 1040 guys were going back and forth debating whether it was the right call or not. You know, very passionate and loud. And then we noticed sitting t- to the table next to us is like Sean Monaghan, Johnny Goudreau, and a couple of other Flames players. And they're just laughing because they can hear us debating about how the Canucks are blowing it against Calgary and everything. And it was just like one of those nights where it was just people, we were just kind of yelling about the Canucks blowing it in the postseason against a team they shouldn't be losing to, and the guys we're talking about they shouldn't be losing to are sitting at the table next to us. Unreal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can we get more playoff series for the Vancouver Canucks? We need it. Ones ones we can watch at Rogers Arena. I mean, it's a long road getting back there for uh, for next year, and there's a lot of... um, unknowns (laughs) unknowns <laughs> on that path but at the same time that being said when you have the few players that the Canucks do there's always a chance it's just uh still a really muddy situation and uh, you look at the few teams you know okay so Frank Saravalli mentioned it and also Donnie did if there's a few teams that could drop out who would they be in the Western Conference I mean I still look at Winnipeg Calgary, Seattle, as all teams that aren't guaranteed to be back into the postseason next year. I do have some questions about the Dallas Stars as well moving forward. Not as many, but I do have some questions. And even the Minnesota Wild, right? You know, can they keep turning it around with all of the cap commitments they have to Parise and Suter still on the books. So there's going to be some question marks uh, in the Western Conference, and there's always a little bit of turnover when it comes to the postseason. That's uh, that's where the Canucks might have a chance. Yeah, I mean, I think there will be teams that fade, and there are teams that I mean, that whole talk of who's going to drop, I think, is always premature because mm-hmm. things happen. There are always going to be pathways. Control what you can control. Can you be a 100-point team? Yeah. That's what you have to set your aim for next year, right? And 100-point team doesn't mean you're a cup contender. It means you're going to be a playoff team. Can you be a 98-100 point team to make the playoffs? It's almost uh, reminds you of Moneyball, right? Yeah. Can you get 92 wins? Screw, screw wins. everybody else. Just like, yeah. how many runs do we need to score to get to 92 <laughs> wins? Exactly. That's all it is. Yeah. That's what you got to focus on, really. We get so caught up in it. I mean, that's what you got to focus on. Can Either, you do that? Get to 96 points. The rest will figure out itself. Yeah, because uh, that's where the bar is going to be again this year, pretty much, mm-hmm. if not even a little bit higher. And uh, so you know where the bar is going to be. It's we got to be a team that's better than 95 points to have a chance. Uh, that's going to be the question for the Canucks to answer. Coming up tomorrow, Canucks and Seattle cracking. We'll have full pregame for you. And also Sat and I will be on the Canucks Central panel with Dan Murphy as well. That's coming up for producers Elon and Josh, my co-host Sat. I'm Dan. You've been listening to Canucks Central.